What's going on, Sports Nation? Welcome to Game Breakers, the sports show where we will be breaking down news that's relevant in the sports world. It shows Edwin and your other host, Well. And you know, guys, yeah, I've been trying to tell you guys, stay tuned for the special, special guest coming on. And you know, he had to come here again for a second time on the show, the host of Shut Up and Listen. He said, Shut up and freaking listen. It's my guy. <laughs> Chris J, once again, what is going on, my guy? Man, what's good, my boy? Just glad to be here in the midst of greatness, talking about sports, living life. What a time to be alive. Excited to be here with my man, Will, my guy, Eddie. What a time, people. What a time. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. And look, I think this is like our first time, um, like, really having a chance to speak. Because I think last time you were on, I think I had to miss the show. So, you know, I'm definitely excited about having you on. Yeah, man, likewise, man, the first time, we, we, me and Eddie, man, great show, great energy, great vibe. He said, we'll be on next time. I said, well, got to have Will on next time. So I'm excited to have you on, bro. Definitely excited to have you on, man. Just, you know, talking about sports and whatnot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But how you guys been, though? Like, what's new? Like, anything new's going on? Man, I've been grinding, man, Um, you know, always putting out articles and content and stuff like that. Um, I'll be having my... Nets and Boat show on the network very soon. I got my training done finally. Um, so I'm excited about that. You know, just, just just trying to get better my craft every day, man. And the grind never stops for me. Yeah, yeah. And yo, you know it's crazy because so like how you and uh, Edwin write articles, I'll be looking at y'all like like that's great because I can't do that. I'm not gonna hold you. I do not like writing. <laughs> yeah. So like whatever, <laughs> like I see people. Like, you know, like they do like the research to like write their articles. And it's one thing to like kind of give your uh, opinion on, on a subject by talking it. But then it's like a different thing when you have to write it. So, yeah, now, nah, look, that's a talent right there because I can't do it. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, now nah, like, that's not nah, like that's definitely dope, though. Like what's the last article that you put out? Man, I'll be doing one today on my Lakers one. I actually was writing it before the show started. I'm almost done with it by my Lakers about the, you know, third of the season going to the after the all-star break what we got to do try to make things better man but i do try to do articles by every if not every week every two weeks at least i always try to put some kind of article out just to get better at my craft actually when i first started doing articles i hated writing i was very trash at it but the better i got at it man as far as practice and just preparation i got i got really good at it and now i really enjoy writing about sports oh yeah you know, like that's dope. That's dope. I mean, look, I love sports, but I don't think I love it enough to start writing. I don't know what it is <laughs> about, like, like, like it's something about just writing articles that I just don't like. It's it's kind of like you know how you gotta do like stuff to keep your house clean, you know, chores or whatever you want to call it. Like me, I don't like washing dishes. So I like to me, washing dishes is like writing articles. Like I rather do anything else but that. So I feel yeah, you man. on that, man. I feel you. Growing up as a kid, I hated dirty dishes. I hated it. Put my hand inside the dirty little saying, water. Bro. Water nasty and stank, disgusting. <laughs> but you know, eventually I had to just had to just do it because mom and dad would definitely they'll get that belt or get that switch. So I had to oh, do it. Man, you already know. <laughs> you already know. Indeed. Man. You already yeah, know. Man. So don't I let definitely me, got to. Don't let me have flashbacks right now, bro. But. <laughs> Yo, Yo, really quickly, like, uh, my fault, Evan. I didn't mean to kind of cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. Buddy. Yeah, just really quickly, uh, another thing about, like, the whole uh, article stuff that, like, you do, I, I hope that, you know, your last article about the Lakers was kind of talking about how the season's done for you guys already. Yeah, I, man. I knew he was going to um, start. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, I actually, 
<laughs> I'm in the middle of it right now. So as soon as I'm done with the show, I'm, I'm gonna finish it up, man. But okay, uh, okay. I ain't gonna lie, man. We yeah, it's kind of tough for us right now, man. We in the West, we in the night sea. We it's like man with that song by Gunner, Drip or Drown. Right now we ain't dripping, we drowning. So <laughs> there is no drip, it's some drowning, and we trying to gas for air right now. Um, but right now it's not looking pretty, man. It'd be 27 31, ninth in the west, and then how how Phoenix looking, Golden State looking, the Memphis Grizzlies looking. Yeah. And then you got the Utah Jazz. I mean, they Utah, but they're like, you know, they're up and down, but still they're a good team in the West. And with Dallas and certain teams right now, right now we're just hopefully we can get in the playoffs and get like, I'm praying for that six seed or like, cause or that seventh eighth is dead because with the, the way Phoenix playing right now, despite Chris Paul, but not six to eight weeks of that injury with his thumb, you know, there's still a dangerous team going to the playoffs and Golden State them getting Draymond Green back and them having the depth of Poole, of course, Wiggins. You got you got the guy Kaminga. I love his energy. Love watching him play. You know, it's just right now, we got to get better right now. Then with AD, once again, he gets hurt with a foot sprain. So it's just, to be a Lakers fan, when AD gets hurt, it's like, here we go again. Kind of like deja vu. It's deja vu. The same thing happens over and over and over again. But LeBron James is playing great. But even though LeBron James playing great, we still been losing games. And so uh, for God to be 37 years old and you're 19, you can ask a guy at that age with that much mileage to keep being the best player on this team. At some point, AD has to be AD and just put his big boy pants on and, and play every night. And then with Russell Westbrook, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about him. He just – no, don't he bring is. his name up on this, in this show, man. Please. Oh, nah, <laughs> he so mad, like, yeah, man. not not yeah. Like, I don't even want to really, you know, like I didn't mean to really get started, but I, I didn't want to let that opportunity pass by me because I don't know if we'll have a chance to get into like the Lakers uh today. So I, I definitely want to just kind of you know poke some fun at you though, bro. Yes, sir, for sure, man. But Lakers 4L, 4L, man. Good or bad, Lakers guy, 4L. Oh my goodness. Yo, by the way, Chris, tell tell where, where you're from. I'm not sure if he knows where you're from. But I don't. yeah, I'm from, yeah. Man, bro, I'm from Georgia, man. I'm a country Georgia. Boy. Georgia boy. Um, yeah, man. Georgia Southern, man. Southern guy Georgia. from day one. Um, my hometown is called Douglas. It's plain old Douglas, Georgia. Very small town. I know you watch football, so Tyree Kill for the Chiefs played at my high school. So I know oh, Tyree yeah. Kill. So that's what we're known for, having Tyree Kill play at our school from Coffee County. Tyree Kill played there, running back, kick return, wide receiver. So he's from Great. Douglas? He's from Pearson. Pearson is like 15 minutes from Douglas. Okay, but he played gotcha. high school in Douglas, and we ran track and broke all the records there too. So growing up when I was like in the ninth, eighth, ninth, eighth, ninth grade, seventh grade, watching Tyree Kill run track, and play football, that was a joy to watch, man. He played with my brother, and he was so elusive, so fun to watch. You know, going to the game to see Tyree play was just like a like, – like this guy is special, and I've mm. seen it firsthand. Like, in my eye, I said, he's going to the league. He's too fast and too great of a player not to go. And as we see right now, he's one of the best in the league. Dang, so you knew Tyree Carroll and you didn't get the bag? What's going on? Man, get the bag. What I, do you think? He's I, supposed I, to just I know. Yeah, be his agent. You gotta be an agent, like I manage your money. 
Man, I know Tyree, but you know what I'm saying? He ain't my best friend, but I know him. Like, it's like, 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 say if I seen him, he'd be like, it was good, Chris, but we ain't on that point that we just hanging out and just, you know, I'm like, and I ain't that type of person, man, like, to try to just hang somebody because the money, like, me, it's like, it's a person now, you are as a person, and and that just ain't me. You know, they ain't my yeah. character, man. So, but cool, Tyree got his bag, but Chris just got to get his bag one day. Swain's so done Tyree bag. That's the mindset that I, I, I like. Try to get my own bag. I like that mindset. I mean, like, do you guys speak or 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 like was it kind of just like a high school kind of friendship thing? But like after high school, kind of like went separate ways. I mean, I mean just somebody I just know, like you know, okay, like, you. we ain't kicking it. But say if I see him, you know, I dap him up and say, "What's good? What's good, bro?" Like and go about our business. But I do have homeboys that really that's really cool with them. Like they travel with them, go to like the Vegas stuff like that, party with them and stuff like that. We ain't on that level, but I know the guy. You know, I, I know him and everything. But hey, um, but Shoot. I'm just happy he just he just shot, he just doing good, being where I'm from and seeing how he grew just from his background where he is now, man. It's a great story to watch. So just being the guy from the south, man, because south boy from the south, we can't play from South Georgia. He just shot in the south. But I don't stay in Douglas. I stay in a different town called Veloster, Georgia. You know, I went to college down here. You know, like I said, I was living in Florida, but a lot of stuff happened in my life, personal things I can't really discuss on here. And mm-hmm. so I just had to do it for the time being. But I have a, um, you know, what I know I want to go and be. So God, God got a plan for me, man. So uh, definitely just keep putting that work in, networking, building relationships, and um, some door will open. Indeed. Indeed. You know, I'm not going to lie. If, if I was famous and I was like Tyreek Hill, we would definitely try to be my friend. Just saying. No, he tried, he tried to get the bag off of me, but that's neither here nor there. Right, Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Enough enough of, of all this great talk right here. Let's get into some business. Because you know we businessmen. Let's talk about business. You know what I'm saying? So not really much football talk going on, but aside from the combine, I'm not sure if you guys are into the combine. That's one thing. Right now, I have this special topic here. So, when it came down to last season, you know, you had your MVP candidates, you know, but we all see that or saw that Aaron Rodgers won that MVP. I'm not sure if you guys agree with that or not. But the non-QBs, I have a list here. Debo Samuel, Derrick Henry, TJ Watt, and Jonathan Taylor. Who do you guys think was the best non-QB 2022 MVP of last season? Unless you have someone else off the list, too, you could do that. But we'll start with you, Chris, since you are a guest. What's going on with you, man? Who are you choosing to be the best non-QB MVP of last season? Man, when I seen the list, you know, I was looking like uh, a lot of great names. You got Derrick Henry. You got Debo Samuel. You have Jonathan Taylor. And I really thought about it. You know, I was just looking at my notes, going through some stuff. And I said Jonathan Taylor, man, because just with the year he's had, you know, the guy rushed over – over 1,800 yards this year, 5.4 yards to carry, 18 touchdowns. And, you know, and, and I seen this stat. I don't know if it's true, but I seen it on Google because I did my research. Mm-hmm. I see, I seen that when he rushed over a, a 100 yards, they went 9-0. And, and when he didn't, they lost every game. So, basically, when he rushed over 100, they were unbeaten, unbeaten. And so – Having the value of a running back, every time he rushes over 100 yards, we win the game every single time. But when he doesn't, we lose. 
He's like, that's like, that's that's great because his value, it shows you he had for them to win, win, he has to rush the ball very great. And then he had Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz, he kind of saved Carson Wentz. Wentz is not the best quarterback in the world, and we all know that. But just having a running back of his stature and having a year he had, then with his value, and then with them missing the playoffs, losing the last two games of the regular season, Taylor did play his best. So when he did play his best, they lost. So the pressure pretty much basically is you stop Taylor, you'll win. If you don't, you will lose. And so when I really thought about that with Darren Henry, he missed half of the season. So you can't get Darren Henry. When Debo Samuel, he had a great season, but he didn't have a season that Taylor had. Taylor had some big impact. Mm. And then with him just him putting the, breaking the lead by storm this season with all he did, the kid is unbelievable. He's a great back. And so I, I would say it was Taylor because just what he did with his value and Hart's importance. And the Colts don't have a great quarterback. So he kind of made that offense what it was because his greatness. So I would say Jonathan Taylor because every time the guy rushed over 100 yards, they won the football game. Oh, I, love, I like that Jonathan Taylor take. You know, he definitely was a, a pivotal player. And in the moment of the the coach trying to make that playoff run, well, who are you saying off this well, list? Well, unless that, we have someone else. No, I mean, I think that it has to be Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you know, like everything that Chris J just said makes a lot of sense because usually we, we know that the MVP is a quarterback award, basically, you know, like they put up the biggest numbers in terms of stats-wise. But Jonathan Taylor, the way that he was able to kind of put that Colts team on his back this year, you know, especially uh, like with Carson Wentz being the quarterback, you know, it wasn't really the best quarterback play. It was solid quarterback play. But that offense and and that uh, team, they don't really get anywhere without Jonathan Taylor, even though they did end up missing the playoffs. I mean, he's a running back, and running backs only do but so much. You need a lot of stuff to go right for you to be successful as a running back so you know it's definitely not his fault why they fit uh like why they came short of winning not of winning but of making the nfl playoffs so yeah i'm definitely gonna have to go with jonathan taylor um but i do think another candidate would have been debo samuels if not for the year that jonathan taylor did have i think that debo would also been a very good name to throw out there considering you know how you know how much he does for the 49ers similar to like what jonathan taylor does so he's kind of like the heartbeat of of that team with you know pretty uh, subpar quarterback play and really making things happen on that side of the ball to kind of keep them in game. So, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor has to be the only option here. I mean, if it's not a quarterback, I think that he was the highest, I think, player also that was a non-quarterback player for voting in real life as well. So, I, mean, I think this is the only right answer. Man, and forget all that, too. Forget all that. I know you guys are going with Jonathan Taylor here, which are very good choices, by the way. I have to give it to my man, TJ. Why? I really do. And we look at the impact he had on his team. 6.1 sack rate was the highest in the NFL, according to next-gen stats era. Um, and, you know, obviously having the season that he had with touching legendary stats, 22.5 sacks on the total of the season while playing, I believe, what, only 14, 15 games was not even the whole season and what was according to the norm uh, previously in the years. So you look at his impact on the team and you say, well, if he, if he doesn't play this great, I get the Steelers were a pretty bad football team, but they would be really worse without him. If, he, if he's not ending a lot of drives, if he's not sustaining pressure that helps them to uh, be more solid on the coverage in the back end. And that defense, despite them 
pretty much playing terribly all season long, not up to the stands at least compared to the season before, still carried them to a lot of football games and a lot of wins here and there. And you just see the impact that he had in the playoffs to that one game, obviously, against the Chiefs, um, pretty much starting the whole entire game and setting the tone. But we all know that the Steelers are not a great team anyway, so it didn't matter how much he would do for that game. It would be sort of a Chiefs to blow out them in the end. But you look at his impact throughout the whole entire season. I just love the way he performed. Um, he had a, a, a knack at trying to get to the QB, which is pretty evident. I know that you guys are saying Jonathan Taylor, but here's the reason why I don't think that he's as big of an impact player as TJ Watt. I think that the Colts were built to run the football anyway. And I know that they made it more of an emphasis later on in the season when they found out that they had something in Jonathan Taylor. But because of them being able to have a philosophy of running the football anyway and trying to have Carson Wentz make the occasional big play, that's why I think that, you know, he's not as much of a important player as TJ Watt was for the Steelers. But, I mean, once again, still good answers there. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm waiting for Will's rebuttal here. Like, uh, go ahead, Will, because I know you have something to say. No, I just think that you're wrong. I, you know, like, I was going <laughs> to okay, – okay. like, that's just what it is. Like, I just think okay. that you're wrong. I mean – to me, it's it's pretty hard to give an award like let's say MVP to a defensive player. Like I'm, I I know that it's happened in the past. I'm sure that it has. I can't think of who was the last player that was defensive to win an MVP, but I'm pretty sure it's happened. But like you'd have to have like almost an amazing season while the offensive side of of the ball, like leading candidates, would have had to had kind of like a subpar kind of season for uh, in in terms of uh, output because. To me, like that's just not an award that a defensive player wins. So I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna definitely have to disagree with you. I'm gonna go. It's still Jonathan Taylor. I mean, like the guy was an absolute monster all year long. And matter of fact, that game that he had against the Bills, what five TDs? That alone should put him like yeah, that alone. Like there's nothing to even talk about anymore. Because I mean, let's how much five TDs on the stop, number stop, one defense in the stop, NFL, please. right? That alone, right? On top of them knowing. This like this wasn't week one where it's like a breakout performance. This was towards the end of the season. You already know sure. the Colts are going to go to Jonathan Taylor every week. Teams know he is the main focal point of that offense, and this is what they're going to try to beat you with. And you still can't stop him knowing that they're going to run the ball. No. I mean, to the me, Bills are not the greatest team in stopping the run, though. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter. They're still the number one overall defense. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about run defense. Pass. I'm talking about just number one. They, they were the well, number one. Well, run defense one. matters. It doesn't matter. They were still the number one overall defense. Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the number one run defense, but the Bills were the number one overall defense. So that still matters. It doesn't matter. Like, uh, like it's they're still the number one. It does not matter, bro. Uh, the fact Chris, that that happened, look. Still, are you still in agreement with him, Chris? I mean, um, I feel like Taylor still should have been like far as the none quarterback MVP because, like I said, his impact was just flawless. For when he basically showed up and plays great, they win every single time. And so I feel like just with his impact was more than Watts. Why had a great season, but like you said, like for the defensive player, you're to win a title like that for the MVP. You gotta just like. And then I felt like the Steelers wasn't a good football team, too. Like, say the Steelers had more wins than maybe he would got that award. But it just – they lost a lot of games, too. And Pittsburgh wasn't a good football team to watch, usually. So I feel like just with Taylor's more impact because he's a running back, that's why he would have more votes, in my opinion, than, Ta- than Watt. I mean, Watt's a great player, one of the best in the league, yes. But I just feel like with Taylor being the running back, 
and him, him having more impact on the game, I feel like that's why he would edge out more than Watt. Oh, boy. You guys are both wrong, but that's okay. You know what I'm just saying? <laughs> nah, I also feel like – well, no, actually, I don't feel. I you also know. think okay. – yeah, I think, okay. no, whatever, that I think Jonathan Taylor's impact for the Colts was greater than TJ Watt's impact for the Steelers. In terms of if Jonathan Taylor isn't having a good game, the Colts are 100% losing. Okay, not 100%. Nothing's 100%. But the Colts are more than likely going to not score that many points, and they're going to lose. TJ Watt still has a very good supporting cast around him, especially, you know, like on the defensive line. And, um, you know, in secondary, you know, players such as uh, Minka. What's the supporting uh, cast on defensive line? No. line, bro. Is it? Is it uh, what's the guy's name? Casey Hayward? All, 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 all he has is Casey Hayward. That's it. That's, you said a cast. He has what do you mean? That's all the cast. Like that's also another lineman, which no, makes no, no, it harder no, it, for them. It is. Hold on, wait. No, hold on, wait. That also makes it harder for them to now just only focus in on TJ Watt because now you have to worry about the middle of um you know your uh, of uh, the field outside of just worrying about the edge. So you can't say that he only has that's they only play with four linemen. That's half of the line right there that you have to. So that, so like that's two out of four that you have to account for, which makes it harder for you to double up. Each one of them. So again, he also does have more help than what Jonathan Taylor does. He has Micah Fitzpatrick. You know, he has uh, Joe Hayden. He has. Am I, am I thinking about which Dupree? I want to say I don't want to say the wrong one. Then Bud you also Dupree have. Hmm. But you talking about Bud Dupree? Is it Bud Dupree? Or did he's he not, leave? He's not, he's not there no more. Or am, I, or am I thinking about Devin Bush? Point is, Probably the Steelers' Bush. defense is a solid overall unit. And the Colts offense is not that good of a unit in terms of without the production of Jonathan Taylor. So he has one of the best me, offense in the league. That plays okay. A big and if they didn't have Jonathan Taylor, okay, okay. And, and, and if they didn't have Jonathan Taylor, and if it was uh Naheem Hines starting at running back one, would he have the same kind of uh production and impact? Oh, of course not. But like okay. he would still be relatively, I think that he would be decent enough. He wouldn't have the best impact, obviously. He wouldn't be anything close to Jonathan Taylor. But they wouldn't even be Marlon like, Mack. Even Marlon Mack, like it, it just Marlon Mack was a stud before Jonathan Taylor came and took his spot. He was a stud. I, I wouldn't call him a stud. He was serviceable, like he was a good running back. But I wouldn't call him a stud. But he was a good running back. Under a thousand yards, he had a thousand yards as a running back. It's not an easy and, achievement to have. And averaged four yards per carry. It's not like like that's not like that's serviceable numbers. Like that's not outstanding. Like that's not. Great, it's just he like he was a good running back, but again, but his but his production was nothing to what Jonathan Taylor's was as as the starting running back. So I'll put yeah, it like so this, you know, you know, both of y'all got great points. You know, Watt's a great player, Taylor's a great player, but it just you know, I mean, it just depends though, it depends how you look at it, you know. But in my opinion, it's just this season when I look at who had better overall impact, I'm going with the running back. Because we can argue that, like, say if the coach would have ran the ball more versus certain games, they would have won. Because uh, they can rush the Buccaneers. Watch that game. They stopped running the football, and they lost the game. It's like, when they, they should have won, they lost because they stopped going to Taylor. His impact was throughout the whole season. You got to feed the king. They didn't want to feed him certain times. And guess what? They lost. Indeed. I mean, 
listen, I, I get what you guys are both saying. I, I get it. I just get it. I just think that we we all know how bad the Steelers were this season. Yeah, I'm saying they would have been bad. even terrible if it was not for TJ Watt and them sacks and the pressure. Because you think about it, man, he doesn't have to get sacks to really affect the, in the whole entire game. Let's be honest here. He gets pressure. He presses the QB to run outside the pocket, be uncomfortable, and now he throws the ball away. That's the end of the drive right there. If you're not, we out. You know what I'm saying? Give the ball I back agree. to our terrible offense. But I we won't see that because I we agree. just look at the stats. We just look at, because you know, the his impact is kind of like an Aaron Donald to a degree. His oh, impact on the game. Very similar. At least last year was very like it was neck and neck for me. And I think he, I think his impact last year is arguably better than Aaron Donald's. Last year, at least. But Aaron Donald's obviously a better player. But I think we can argue that. We definitely can. But I see what you guys are saying. We had two votes for Jonathan Taylor. We had one vote for TJ Watt. And Will mentioned before that he thought that a runner-up could have been Debo Samuel. But once again, same thing with Jonathan Taylor. They didn't discover Debo Samuel and what they had in him towards, like, like nearing the middle part of the season. So uh, that's just me. Anyways, we have some great, great, great news regarding some of my parlay bets. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, sports never ends. So I was watching some soccer right now. And, I, you know, when I saw the first goal scored, that was when my boy Chris J was giving his opening statement. So I couldn't say goal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got you. I, I got you. Because it was – he had to make sure that he heard my, my boy. But just for all who is wondering, uh, right now Benfica and Ajax, nice game so far. 2-1 uh, to Ajax. Atletico Madrid is leading. May not have one goal to nil. Just giving you guys some updates on that. Um, but let's move on. Yes, yes, sir. So we know that my guy, Chris J, is a Lakers fan. And we all know by now that Will is obviously a really, really big, I don't want to say big, but he's a he's a Nets fan, whatever. The 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 worst team in New York, at least <laughs> right now. You know? But according to my guy Will, I like to quote my guy Will nowadays, according to my guy Will, whatever whatever source he got it from, <laughs> Kyrie is now expected to be back to play home games starting next month. Well, since you are a Nets fan, I'm going to let you go first, whatever, because I I just want to make sure I get all the nonsense out the way first. Yeah, so how, how you brought that up was actually was actually terrible. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, uh, like, <laughs> why? Kind of, what was a better way? I let you know. I let you know that Kyrie <laughs> was going to be allowed to play starting next month, and you clearly didn't even look up the topic by how you just brought it up. So, Shams Carnia. I said according to my guy Will. Will. I said, I said so, according to my guy Will. That's all I said. Yeah, but you didn't even bring up why he'd be able to play. Like, so you clearly didn't even look into it. You know, you just out why? here why? What? just what's bringing the, up what's topic the, what's the obvious without what's looking the obvious up reason? stuff. Now, what's obviously. The obvious reason? And then you wait, and then you also said according to whatever his sources may be. So you, you clearly didn't look it up. Uh, anyways, let's move can it on some, now. Shams, Shams Carnia has tweeted out that New York City has a plan to phase out the vaccine mandate in the coming weeks. Mayor Eric Adams said at which point Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving would be cleared for home games. Sporksperson adds that current rules remain in place until then. Now, look, we all know that the Brooklyn Nets are the best team in the East, right? Best team I in the NBA, actually. Are you, are you crazy? Stop. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop. Don't, don't start your I argument with that. I ain't, go, I ain't going there for now. Yeah, fast. Don't do that. And secondly, before you even continue, this is not new news. I said this last episode when we talked about Kyrie, about the New York mandate being lifted up sooner or later. It's not new news. 
I'm just reiterating what you're saying. Now continue. No, actually, I brought it up to you a few shows ago. Not the last show. I brought it up to you about two weeks ago. Okay. But it was rumored. Yeah, it was rumored. No, wait. No, hold on. Hold on. It was okay. rumored. Nothing was confirmed. It was rumored. Now it is confirmed. That's the difference. So if you have a rumor, now you actually have confirmation. So that's just why it's still big news because it's what's rumor is not always true. Now, anyways, as I was saying before rudely being interrupted, the Brooklyn Nets are the best team in the East on paper, right? Now, you can talk about other factors such as coaching and et cetera, which is important. But on paper, the Brooklyn Nets are the most balanced team in the East. And the, and we are the best team in the East. Now, we were handicapped with only having Kyrie for the away games. Now, this made no sense because in the state of New York, Kyrie could not play. But teams who were coming in that had unvaccinated players were allowed to play against the Brooklyn Nets at the, at the Barclays versus the Knicks. So the rule makes no sense. Like, the NBA uh, requires these players to wear masks, but in all these Hello? Okay, I thought... Anyways, in all these uh, stadiums or arenas, whatever you want to call them, none of the fans are wearing masks. So, it's just a lot of hypocritical stuff that's going on, and I think that kind of, like, the new mayor of uh, New York, he's kind of seeing that this really isn't making sense. I mean, like, we have this, you know, like like this mask and this uh, vaccine mandate, but nobody's following the rules anyways. You know, like, some people are still, like, uh, able to go out without the, the vaccine, without masks so it, it just wasn't really making sense so i did that so outside of just a sports uh situation the rules did have to change for it to just make sense in general now on the sports side of it you guys are in trouble i'm not gonna even lie to you guys y'all in are trouble? in trouble who's in trouble the main, because the main argument that all these other teams fans had was oh well you know you have a part-time player and when the playoffs come that's the main thing that y'all were moaning and crying about. And now he's not a part-time player. On top of that, he's been rested most of the season because he wasn't playing at all earlier on. Then he started playing some home games. I think he's played about 12 games so far this season. So Kyrie is rested at that. I also think that when Ken- when Kevin uh, Durant comes back, on top of Ben Simmons, with the addition of an elite rebounder like Andre Drummond, there's going to be a lot of second-chance buckets. It's going to be high up-tempo offense. And we have a solid second unit. The Brooklyn Nets, especially with the addition of Goran Dragic, we have the best overall team. Regardless of what you feel, this is just facts. We have one of the best bench units, and we have one of the best starting units. And that is a fact. You cannot argue that. So when you add those two things, and when you, and then when you combine it together, that gives you one of the best teams in the NBA, the best team in the East. I rest my case. One of the best, <laughs> very true. One of the one best of the starters best. and bench units is true, but the best, Man. you're taking the piss. <laughs> okay, so okay, wait, hold on, wait. Nonsense. So who's the best? So who's the best? Nonsense. So, Nonsense. So who's the best? I'm not putting you guys over the Bucks, the Heat, and the Bulls until you prove it to me. Okay. Okay. So, now, now, okay. Now, what happens when your starters me. come out? What happens when the Miami Heat starters come out? Who the hell is coming in outside of Tyler Hero? You talking about who's coming in? Have you seen the production we've gotten from our bench just, this season? Uh, just look, stop lying. Just, look, just answer the question. Caleb just Martin, answer the question Max and stop Drew, trying to answer it with another Caleb question. Martin, Max Struess, have you seen that? Yo, who? yo, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chris, who do you say? Oh, I'm Chris, not. Who do you say? I know you're not saying who. 
I know you're not saying who. I know you're not saying who when Chris. this guy wants to put money on Max Shoes last time for threes. That forgot about that, didn't y'all, right? But he's usually okay. a bench player. Okay. And don't forget about my guy, Victor Oladipo. People are sleeping on Victor Oladipo. When's the last time Victor Oladipo played basketball? Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm talking here. I'm talking, not you. When's the I'm last talking. time Victor Oladipo played basketball? I, I am talking here, not When's you. When's the last time Victor Oladipo played speak? basketball? I didn't interrupt you when you were speaking, first of all. Yes, you did. Not when, not asking you questions. No. <laughs> yes, you uh, did. Not asking you questions. <laughs> <laughs> this man brought up Victor Oladipo, no. who ain't playing about three years. First of all, he played last year. So, <laughs> he played last year. And your, your guy, Ben Simmons, hasn't played all season. So, what are you talking about? Like, get out of here with that. Oladipo <laughs> hasn't been good in four here, years, bro. Here, okay? Continuity matters. <laughs> Chemistry matters. Yo, the only person that's that comes that off. Team is, that's, hold on, hold on. I'm not done. Continuity, chemistry matters. That's one thing that this team does not have. Your team, I'm speaking. That that's one thing that you guys do not have at the moment, and that's the reason why. Hold on, shut the heck up. (laughs) And that's the reason why I don't think you're better than the Bulls right now because we see, we see that these guys, despite them not having their star players, Lonzo Ball hasn't even been there for some time now. These guys are still managing to win games. What the hell is he talking about? Milwaukee Bucks still Hmm. being able to be dominant. Crit, and, Crit. Like, and the likes of, first what? of all, are you guys going to get out of the playing game? Chris. Like, you guys first got the playing game before you talk was, to me? Wait, hold on. What are you talking about? Hold on, wait. Was, quick, no, question, quick question. Quick question. Quick question. Get to six seed before we start talking uh-huh. nonsense. All right? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Quick question. Chris, did you hear this man's argument? Yeah, I'm this hearing it right have, now. I'm hearing yeah, it. Like, this is what I have to deal with every episode. This man just said the Bulls had to overcome not having their star players. What the hell is this clown talking about? Lonzo Ball is the only player that's hurt. They still got Vucevic. They still got Zach. They still got Demar. What, what do you mean they're star players? Did you? Did you? What forget, are you talking about? Did you get the, on the top period, of that, did you, on did top you of that, the period when they were struck with COVID and they had a lot of players top, out and they, they yo they win, winning games. on top on top of that like, he bro, also brings up the Bucks. That. He's also brought up the Bucks, who have been fairly healthy this season. Right now, the Brooklyn Nets have only fallen because. We've been playing with the backups. It happens. I'm not making no excuses because I don't care where we sit right now. I'm still confident. So to me, what's happened the past, well, I mean, we did end our losing streak, but what happened uh, before that, it doesn't matter to me because that doesn't say anything because we didn't have our pieces. So I, I can't judge that. It, I don't care. No one's now, judging now, that. Now, what I'm, I'm saying is, go ahead, Chris. I'm going to say this, though. I feel like, you know, both of y'all make good points. But I'm going to say this, though. Chris, like, Chris, Chris, before you even start, let me ask you a question before you start, right? Before you even start. All the, Nets, the are, you, are the Nets the best team in the East right now to you? Me, personally, I would say no, but okay. no, because this. Okay. I say no because this. I say the only reason why I say no because, first off, I feel like Kyrie Irving won. I'm glad the law got changed because uh, I was done my first place. I feel like this, though. With Kyrie Irving, great player, great talent, but can he be trusted? Meaning, some days Kyrie may be, I don't feel like playing basketball today. I'm going to just stay home and just do some other stuff, not come to work. And then the same thing about Kyrie is durability. Will Kyrie Irving stay healthy? Because we have yet to see him be healthy much. And then... Ben Simmons, where is his mindset at right now? We don't know because he hasn't played in five months. I mean, Ben Simmons is a great player, yes, really good player. But 
The guy does not shoot the basketball. The guy scared to shoot free throws. And then he hasn't played in so long. And then right now, he may come back in some weeks. We don't know right now. That's the thing about the, the Nets. It, it's a question mark. Uh, but far as just roster-wise and talent, I think talent-wise, they're the best. But just with chemistry, not playing any reps, I feel like they're better long-term. Because I do feel like the Bucks with them having so many years of playing together, being together, they're more suit of a deep playoff run on the Brooklyn this year. Brooklyn now, I wouldn't be shocked if they win the championship because with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, you have Seth Curry, Drummond, all these great players. Yes, get a Gordon Drag with a great pickup of a Drummond, the big penguin. Yes, and that in third. But I will say this, though. Can we trust Kyrie Irving, one? And two, what's Ben Simmons' mind, I mean, state of mind mentally? Because right now, we don't know that right now. But besides that, if they can be like just get far as the Kyrie playing situation right and Ben Simmons' mindset there, I wouldn't be shocked if the Brooklyn make it to the finals and possibly win. Now with Chicago... Yes, the Bulls have had a great year this year to their standards, great year. But I, but I feel like with them in their first year in Chicago, I don't think they'll win the title or I don't think they can beat a Brooklyn like in a seven-game series. That's if Kyrie plays and if, when Durant comes back and Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is a great defender, great defender, 6'10", versatile, can guard one through five. Kevin Durant, he, when healthy, the best in the world. Kyrie Irving, when healthy, and when he's playing, the mindset is there, he's one of the best in the world. And so Brooklyn, as far as their roster-wise, they've gotten better as far as more depths. Seth Curry, knock-down shooter, space the floor out more, drumming and rebounder, block shots, run the floor. They got some depth. But all the thing about Brooklyn is where is Kyrie's mindset at in Ben Simmons? That's my question mark. But if they get all that right, they got a great chance to win the title. And that takes, for me, that takes more than a half a season to get right. Which yes, is why yeah, I, yeah. Believe, I agree. I agree. Yeah, you know, which is why I believe that maybe next year we're talking about, the, okay, next year they have a better shot because the continuity will be there, the chemistry will be there. Hopefully they'll be healthy enough to really play some basketball. But for right now, I'm not fearing them. Off of talent, they I have. I would fear them. I, I would fear them. Cause they are a team that's definitely can get it going. And then like, like I just said with Miami heat, they've had a great year, but I can't say this though, how the heat match up against Brooklyn. That'll be very interesting because you know, they do have Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, you've been the depot. Now all the depot, I can't say this. He ain't all that, bro. Old depot is he's pad. old news. He's the same player. He, he ain't the same player. He's going to banged up. He ain't anywhere about Oladipo. But they have dealt with Duncan Robinson. And I ain't going to lie, them getting P.J. Tucker falling in the seven-game series, he guards Kevin Durant very great, making Durant work for his points. Now, he don't, he don't stop Kevin Durant. KD's Kevin Durant. He, last year, he still averaged about during their 40 points, it seemed like. But he made them work or tried to make them work. I think to, I mean, to a degree, but it just, um, hey. me personally, I feel like this. I feel like that the East going to come down to the Bucks or the Nets 
or Philly. One of those three teams coming out. <laughs> man, even put the Nets in the Philly. Man, he didn't put the heat in there. <laughs> like, this I mean, man, Edwin is stunned. Me personally, bro, I just can't fathom, like, I don't see the, of the Heat or Bulls beating a healthy Nets team or a Bucks or a Philly with Joel Embiid who's playing like an MVP, who's my candidate right now for MVP, Joel Embiid. And oh, yeah. then with, with, with James Harden, who's not – he was never hurt. All that hamstring bull crap, he was never hurt. He was sitting on purpose and faking his injury because he got real thin real fast, it seems like. And so with them having thigh ball, them having depth, I feel like Philly's a really dangerous team too. And so I feel like either Philly, well, Brooklyn, Philly, or Milwaukee. But I do think Milwaukee's favorite over both Brooklyn and Philly because they're experienced, they're the champs. And then Giannis right now, the guy is playing like one of the best players in all the NBA. But I wouldn't be shocked if either of those teams win the East. But I ain't put my faith in the Heat or the Bulls. That's just me. I mean, hey, I could be wrong, but God darn it, a lot of times I'm right. <laughs> Yo, Chris, I'm not going to lie. Will and I have had these conversations about, you know, even regarding bringing up PJ Tucker and guarding Kevin Durant. Like, we've had these, these multiple conversations. That's, that's why this guy was laughing because he just doesn't see how much of an impact Tucker makes on the court. But, you know, it is what it is. That's his opinion. Um, but anyways, so Kyrie is still back. We can't forget about that. Um, he's going to have a big impact. Yes, because he will be having more time to do his thing. Uh, but the whole scheme of things, that's why I'm looking to see what's going to happen. And you know, God, you know me, like I, I wait, I don't, I don't just choose. I just, I wait and see what happens in the long run. I agree. That's I agree. Doing, you know? and so I will say this too about Kyrie. Kyrie's a great player. I love Kyrie's game. But it just he can't be trusted because one day the guy but the, 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 he came to a game with sage in his hand, then with a broomstick, and then he thinks the earth is flat. And so I can't trust Kyrie because then got you guys. A couple years ago, Kyrie Irving got hurt without most of the year. Then when the pandemic happened, Kyrie had not played for ten months. Then. He comes back the following year and seven games in the season. He take two weeks off. For what? Because, you know, I just don't feel comfortable with how the country's going right now. I don't want to play right now. I'm not there mentally. <laughs> I'm looking like, bro, you missed all last season. What you talking about? Take two weeks off for what? Then he got partying with his sister. Got no mask on. He is out partying, having a good time with his family. I'm looking like Kyrie, like, what are you doing? And then, like, he just, he can't be trusted. That's the issue with Kyrie Irving. Great hold on, talent, hold on, hold on, hold on. great player. But on, if okay. Kyrie can just get his mindset right and play his playoff run every game and don't be distracted, Brooklyn is a dangerous team that can seriously not just come out the East but win the whole thing, you know, me personally. Me personally, I would love to see the finals, Brooklyn versus Golden State, because one thing, Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry, meaning KD left Golden State, gone to Brooklyn, and then can Golden State beat KD far in the finals without KD? That will be a box office finals, in my opinion. That's just okay. me. Okay, 
Okay, okay. So you said a lot there. You said a lot. You said a lot. Okay. So I don't really I don't really like how you brought up um kind of that Kyrie can't be trusted. Now now when is Kyrie Irving one of the best point guards, right, to ever play? How can he not be trusted? He was trusted to, to take that big shot in the finals against Golden State. He's been trusted not on many other on the court. Hold on. Off the court. Okay. Okay. Wait. You also brought up the mask thing, like with his uh, sister. I think it was a party. I believe that was during the NBA bubble, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Okay. Okay. But he wasn't a part of the team with the uh, Nets uh, at the bubble, so that really didn't have any effect on anything. So, uh, yeah, I I think that look, Kyrie is going to be just fine. I think that a lot of people. I think that the media side of things that people like to look for a storyline. I, I think like there always has to be like a narrative. There always like there always has to be like a bad guy. Like there's always just like like bro, like sports isn't a play. It's not drama. This is real life athletics. You know, uh, these are athletes competing at the highest level. Every athlete wants to win. Every athlete wants to go out there and do the best that he can. Every athlete wants to be there for his team or you know, whatever team that they are a part of. Like it's not always like a situation where it's like, oh, like can like you trust this guy and stuff. Like all these players want the same thing. So that's basically like saying, like if you can't trust Kyrie, then you're saying that there's probably other players out there that want it more than him. It's probably not true, because they're again they're all uh, athletes at the highest level. To me, Kyrie Irving can be trusted. I'm not really worried about Kyrie. Uh, I just think that because he's an outspoken guy, because he doesn't just go along with what the media want him to say, what the higher ups want him to say, then you know he then he gets labeled as untrustworthy and all this other kind of nonsense it's you guys have to have to realize whenever there's any kind of player that that's a like that's that's a big name player that speaks out or has like a big personality they always get especially black athletes they always get labeled as distractions can't be trusted like oh um erratic all this stuff every time it never fails it never fails every single time so to me, that's just a narrative that that like the media wants you to believe. His uh, teammates, they always like him. There's never any issues, and it's just the media. It's just like a witch hunt thing, man. But so, yo, I'm gonna ask you a question real quick. Okay. What do you? Why do you think? What What was one of the main reasons why James Harden left Brooklyn? Like, tell me a reason why. Because I feel like the one reason why he wanted to leave Brooklyn because mm-hmm. he felt like Kyrie wasn't all in, meaning. He was thinking like, bro, we all got vaccinated. We trying to win a championship, and mm-hmm. you here part times. That's not gonna. That's gonna hurt the chemistry long term. Mm-hmm. That's what Jane Harden mindset. And then with KD, he felt like, bro, that's your boy. Like talk to this guy because it seems like the whole team is in, but he got one foot in, one foot out because, yeah. like, winning a championship. I'm glad it's getting changed of, of the law. But during that time, you can't win a title with a part-time player. That was my issue too. Like you can't win a championship when when your second or third best player is mm-hmm. not fully in. And that was the issue. Not not a law about to change, so it's totally different. But mm-hmm. before that law changed, that was probably something that rubbed hard in the wrong way because he felt like, hey, we all in, but Kyle he's not all in. Leave. Yeah. Um That's why he wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I hear what what you're saying, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that does play a role in it because, and I don't blame Harden if he felt that way because what you're saying isn't wrong, but it depends on which reports you want to believe now. So this is now where you have to pick and choose. 
because there's reports saying that KD wanted Harden gone because he didn't like how Harden ran the offense. There's also other uh, reports saying that James Harden and well, no, that James Harden didn't like uh, playing with Kyrie because Kyrie Irving was never held uh, um, accountable by Steve Nash during like uh, like game film. As in, like if James Harden was to do the same thing, then James Harden would be held accountable, whereas Kyrie Irving was given a pass so like there's multiple things that like there's a lot of reports on why it didn't so now this is where you have to pick and choose just what you want to uh believe so to me i do believe and i do think that a reason is because of Kyrie not being vaccinated i, I like that's what i believe i also uh believe because uh kevin uh durant even during the um all-star draft he said that we all got what we wanted so that clearly means that he was keen to see James Harden leave as well. So there's the narrative there. So, look, I can't tell you exactly what it is because, again, all these uh, reports, none of these uh, reporters are in the locker room. They don't know what goes on uh, behind closed doors. They don't know what goes on, like, with the players and their individual lives and stuff like that. So we can all speculate. But at the end of the day, I'm happy that the trade happens. I like, And, you know, that's me saying that as a James Harden fan. James, James Harden is my favorite NBA player. But the Nets got better with this trade, and I even told Edwin. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, they um, did, I, they did. Yeah, like, um, I re- I remember like when the trade idea was first being brought up. I said I don't want James Harden to get traded because I thought it was gonna just be. And you guys, Edwin, I, I thought that it was gonna just be Ben Harden. I mean, Ben Harden, Ben Simmons for James Harden straight swap. I didn't want to do that. But when when I saw the other like the Drummond, uh, you know, uh, the Seth uh, Curry, you guys, Edwin, I said. I want to do this deal because now we are a more well-balanced team. And I think with James Harden here, I think that we had a lot of weaknesses such as on the defensive side of, of the ball. We also didn't really have a true big man. We, you know, like we were an average like rebounding team, but we weren't that good at stopping kind of other big men who could come in and dominate in like the paint. We didn't have a real center at that. So now you give us Seth Curry, uh, an elite three-point shooter. You give us Andre Drummond, who's an elite rebounder. And then you give us Ben Simmons, who's one of the best defensive players in the NBA and also one of the best playmakers in the NBA at 6'10". A 6'10 point guard could guard one through through the five. That eases up uh, the pressure on Kevin Durant on the defensive side of the ball because now Kevin Durant can just kind of put more uh, of his efforts into scoring. I think that this is perfectly – this is the most well-balanced team. And then you even look at the bench depth that we have with the Cam Thomas. Patty Mills might come off the bench. Seth Curry might come off the bench. They might rotate. Who knows? Then, you know, you also have um, a LaMarcus uh, Aldridge who still proved that he could be serviceable. You also have, I don't, know if, I don't know if I brought up Cam Thomas, but look, the team overall is a very solid unit. I think overall we have the best team in the East. You know, you I know uh, Edwin, he brought up the Heat. The Heat have a solid starting five. To me, your bench depth is not as good as the Nets bench depth. Yes, you have Tyler Hero. But outside of that, nobody else on your bench to me really does anything. Same with the Bucks. The okay. Bucks have a good. The Bucks have a good. The Bucks have a good starting five, but their bench, like your hey. starters, can't play the whole game. Like you have to take people out. Like you have to take. So to me, it's like what happens when your starters need that rest? What happens when your stars need to be rested? Like who's coming in that could really kind of let's say either hold the lead or. Sometimes your starters have to come out when you're playing catch up. So who do you have that's going to help you kind of get back into like in, in, into the game? And a lot and and a lot of teams bench depth they just don't have that. And I think that the Nets have the best bench depth. So we're just so I'm I'm happy with my team, and I definitely think that we're going to make the finals this year. Listen, 
Go ahead, Chris. Let me, let me, actually, let me say this real quick before Chris goes. Right? When it comes – okay, the Ben Steph, you could argue that during the regular season for me. Right? I get that. But when it comes down to the playoffs, usually it comes down to seven, eight, possibly nine-man rotations in the playoffs. So some of these players that you're, that you're mentioning, they might not even get game time. Maybe, maybe or not. You know what I'm saying? But I believe in my one through nine when it comes to depth on my team, which is why I believe that we have a possibility of having a deep playoff run, which is also the reason why I'm not ready to give up the idea that, you know, the Nets are now the 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 favorites in the East. Like, that's just not. But what's your one through nine? I mean, but like, who's so so again, outside of Hero. After that, who like okay, Max Yes, Harold's okay. a six, right? By the time mm-hmm. Bedolo Depot gets healthy and rested, I'm sure if he stays healthy, this is a big if. But wasn't he healthy last year? There. He but, was healthy last year for a, a little happened? bit, but he wasn't he wasn't healthy enough. He mm-hmm. wasn't really healthy to that point. Like he right. was playing injured, you know. Um, once again, these guys have proven that they have been able to take on minutes and play to their best abilities. Now, you may not fancy them, but I do. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Omar Rixavin, Dwayne Dedman, those guys have proven to give us give us some quality minutes off the bench, you know, and they pretty much embody what system that we like to play in the heat culture, which is why I'm confident. Now, go ahead, Chris. What were you about to say? I was just going to say this, too, like, you know, about the Bucks. People forget Brooke Lopez is out right now with a back injury. They do. But if he comes back by the playoffs, Brooke Lopez is the key to that that size, dealt, mm-hmm. shooting from a perimeter, rebounding. Bro, mm-hmm. Lopez is seven feet. He got to take the floor out. So he's very key to the Bucks. So if he comes back by the playoffs, that can be a big plus for them. And then, the, like, the playoffs, you're only playing 8D. I mean, I mean, you're not playing 12, 13, 14 players. That's you're playing 8D usually. And so most teams, they're not going to play all those guys off the bench anyways because of the playoffs. It's winter go home. So usually you play my toe starting five usually. And then your three guys off the bench of that. Sometimes with foul trouble is different. And my a last thing about the Nets. You know, Ben Simmons, I love him. Good, a good player. But when the game's on the line, are they gonna start Ben Simmons in like like closing lineups? Because Ben Simmons can't shoot free throws. I don't think, but ben okay, let's see over here. Oh, okay, yes, and, and that's a good no, that's a good uh question, but I also don't think that it matters because if we're winning the game and if the other team's playing catch up, and let's say if it does get into the situation where they need to start fouling us, then guess what? You take Ben Simmons out because it doesn't matter because we, we have a bunch of scoring options regardless of what Ben Simmons is doing so what or if not. In foul trouble? Kyrie now, foul trouble. Not now, 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 if we're trying to hold on to like the lead, right? Now let's say like as if we're trying to come back or let's say we're trying to stop, then Ben Simmons is not as bad on the offensive side of the ball as a lot of people make out. Like this guy averages free throws, not just free throws, free throws, meaning going to the line with pressure at the highest, making free throws. Cause last year I seen him collapse. The guy shot 33% <laughs> from the free throw line. Will He shot 33% from the a guard. Come on now. <laughs> They don't feel you at all. He can't it matters most pressure. Can he make free throws? And guess what? Will he do a dunk? Will he do it a pass up? 
All right, now, all right, now, all right, now, now, okay, now listen, you're so, uh, you're talking about in the uh playoffs, right? So, okay, you're gonna take the small, okay, so, so what you're gonna do now is take the small sample size. Now, I want to get the stats up before I kind of rebuttaled because I wasn't too sure what the stats were. Now, Ben Simmons, we all know he's not a great shooter, he's not a great, he's not a great uh free throw shooter as well, but. Last year he shot 61% from uh uh the free throw line. It's not good. That's not ideal. But he still hits more than half of his free throws. So I mean like the, so again, I'm not saying that oh, you know, like he'll come here and that he'll just be like a fantastic like a uh, free throw shooter and that there's none of these concerns. Of course there's these concerns. But I'm saying let's not act like Ben Simmons is that big of a liability on the uh offensive side of the ball. To me, like, like it's like he's it's not. He's not. It's like he's not that big of a liability. Like as people make it seem that this guy is a guy that averages like five points per game. Like, oh, a great talent. Like, no, well, no, yes, but what I'm saying is that when you like when you hear how people talk about Ben Simmons, you would think that this is a guy that averages three points for like okay, no, three points, eight assists, two steals. Like he. Like, come on now. Like, this is like, again, it's this this narrative that, like, he's going to just make us worse offensively. Oh, like, down the stretch. It, bro, it, he's not. We're, we're going to be just fine. We're Those people fine. that are making this narrative are going off of that one sample size of last year when he was just at his worst. Okay, he yes, but he didn't just play off. for one. Okay, wait. but Yes, and and that's the thing. He didn't just play for just that uh, that uh, small sample size. Yes, I know. I, I'm, I'm agreeing oh, with you yeah. here, you know. Like, what the heck? No, yes. Question. They're going. Yeah, just from both of y'all, from like a basketball standpoint, Ben Simmons drafted, I believe, in 2016. I think 2016, 15, one of those years he's drafted. Okay, so since from 2016 until now, what has Ben Simmons improved his game on? Like, like watching him play, what has he improved his game on? What has he improved? Maybe passing it and individual defending. That's about it for me. Uh, I mean, I'd, I mean, like, I'd say just defensively he's uh, improved his game. I mean, he is one of the best defenders in the NBA, period. I mean, like, he was runner-up for defensive player of the year last year. So, he is, so, I mean, he's improved his game um, on that front. Also, you have to also look at the system that he was playing in uh, in Philly. I don't think that him and Joel and, and, and Bede particularly worked, in my opinion. I don't think that they – Kind of, yeah. I just don't think that that system worked, right? Because the I, I think it's too many players. Got a guy that I, I think it's the ball and can't space the floor. Yeah, I mean, and let's not act like Embiid. Okay, wait, hold on. Okay, but let's not act like Embiid shoots either. Like he's not that good of a shooter. Obviously, he, he's a better shooter. He's a better shooter than Ben, but he's not that good of a three point shooter. He doesn't really space out the floor that much. You also have us by there for that much. Ben, yo, bro, Joel. Uh, Joel, he, he, he can spread out the floor to the, like the, the Joel, no, yes, he area. can. But that, okay, yes, he can. But him doing that isn't him playing to what makes him the player that we're all calling a MVP this season. That's not his ideal game. Like, That's yes, game. he That's can shoot, game, bro. Come but on no, it's not. What? No, it's not. Oh my gosh. No, it's not. Joel Embiid is an average shooter. He's an average shooter. He's not an exceptionally well big man shooter. He's an average shooter. Is that a like bad thing? like? No, it's not a bad thing, but what I'm saying is that's not playing to uh, Joel Embiid's strength is if you're asking him to be on, like, the uh, perimeter for Ben Simmons. That's not going to – like, like that's just not going to – like, he's not going to be what he's doing right now. Okay. Same with Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris 
He is a good mid-range shooter, but he likes to work in the post. He likes to post up players, back down players. That's how Tobias Harris plays. So now that's three guys, and those are your three main guys that kind of like to all occupy that same space. It's not going to work. It's no, not. I can't say this. I can't say this. Jonah Bees, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he's respectable. Because okay. this season, yeah. he's shooting 36% from three this year, I believe. Yeah, he is. That's pretty damn he's good. Not, he's no, not, that's not damn good. That's average. Great, the average. But he's, yo. But he's respectable. I will say this, though. Like, with Philly, them losing Seth Curry, to me, that kind of hurts. But who's the best shooter, in my opinion? Because he was a knockdown shooter, Seth Curry. So, them losing Seth Curry, that can have some effect. But I do think with, with Joel Embiid, he can. He's not a great one, but I've seen Joel Embiid make some big threes and big moments and clutch shots in my career, and he's respectable with it. And then with him just being respectable, he allows the defense to play, like uh, to respect him, so they'll come up. So meaning when that comes up, that's more shots for James Harden, Thibault, and the players around him as well. Yes. Okay. So this season, Joel Embiid. So this season, Joel Embiid attempts four three pointers per game. He hits one. On average, that's just the average for the 46 games. Look at his that's overall the, stats. Hold on, hold on. No, yes, okay, yes, but no, but no, but this is what I'm telling you. I, I'm looking at the overall. So this season, Embiid has played 40, 46 games, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so he averages four, three point seven. So we're gonna round it here. I'm not gonna say he averaged three point seven. It's four. You're gonna round it up. He averages okay. four three point attempts per game. Yes. He hits one per game out of the four. Now there's some games where he'll you know go over that. And there's games mm-hmm. that he'll go under that. That's why oh, it's the average. Yes. But what I'm saying is that Embiid is not a threat from three like that. Like if Joel Embiid beat you because he shot, let's say four for seven from three, you will take that because yeah, you didn't saying, let, like, because you yeah, didn't let him play his game. So you will take that. Okay, he can shoot, but he's not a Kevin Durant or no. a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson. I kind of yeah. Well, he's not their tier of shooting, but he's well, he's well, not I mean, great. But, well, I mean, look, but like, not too many people are, are going to be of that level. But Joel Embiid, he's just an average three point shooter. So, as I said, if oh, Embiid wow. beats you, yes, because the league average is 36%. It's 34%. It's 34%. I'm looking at it right here on I'm basketball right reference. Here. I'm looking at it right here. All right. Oh, maybe we're looking at two different things. But look, maybe. <laughs> but look, as I'm saying, though, if Embiid beats you from shooting well from three, then you will take it because you didn't let him play to his strength. That's what I'm saying, is that his strength is not shooting threes. He's not like oh, a yeah. Carl Towns. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, Dude's strength is, is, of course, being the center, banging the side, dominating, like going, going like dominating the paint, mid-range, post-up, doing what he always does. Yes, yeah. of course. You know, the, of course, because he's a big guy, 7-2. And me personally – I don't want my my best player at seven two to shoot three the whole game, and that's what the past couple of years he's always do just shoot threes a lot. He he kind of got to the point. Okay, I'm a center, bring my A game, go to the paint, dominate. But I can't hit the three and make the defense respect me because you know he's not a great three point shooter, but he ain't no bad three point shooter. No, I mean, yeah, I mean thirty six percent. That's that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's pretty damn good for a seven. No, no, yes, and, look, and of course, I respect Joel from three. But guess what? I'll let you keep shooting those versus me letting you do what you really want to do. Then I'll, I'll let like 
that's what I'm saying. Like you, because see, when players are of the star caliber of a Joel Embiid uh, or of like a LeBron Curry, whatever, mm-hmm. they're gonna get theirs, right? Like they're gonna put up their numbers because they're like there's that like they're that caliber of players. So now you have to think, how can we make him not do what he usually does? So for Embiid, I'd give you the three. So what's I, I'd give it to you. Beat us from three. That's like with look. That's like with Ben Simmons. Everybody knows that Ben Simmons is at his best when he's driving, when he's in around the uh like uh the paint. So we're not gonna let Ben Simmons beat us because we're gonna keep letting him uh penetrate and dunk or do layups. So we're gonna give you the three point shot. Beat us that way. It's the same thing. He's one dimensional, and me is not one dimensional, so that's a little bit different. I'm gonna ask you a question since you were Nets fan. So with this period, so Mm -hmm. what's what shooters are you are above average? Because this season, I mean, Kyrie Irving is shooting thirty six percent with three two. I mean, so that's average. No, yes, no. Okay, look, that's a little above, above average. But I'm not. But I'm not getting on Embiid for for you know being like in and around like the average three point percentage mark. What I'm saying is that's not his game. So oh, yeah. Not, that's, yeah that's so when I was game. saying. So when I was saying that I don't believe that him and Ben Simmons worked together is because the only way for that have like for that to have worked is if you kind of asked for Embiid to kind of do like what a Robin Lopez does, which is just spot up from three, so that Ben Simmons could do like what Giannis does, and they do five out, penetrate, dish out, or finish like around the rim. I don't think that that would be what Embiid would want to do, and I don't think that's what he'd be best at doing. Now you brought up Kyrie Irving, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie, that's a bit different because. Three point shooting, like that is his game. So even though he's shooting thirty six percent, part of his game, you don't particularly want to give up open threes to Kyrie. You you rather him beat you in other ways because that is a big part of his game is his shooting. So it's a bit different from the Embiid argument because they're not kind of the same player. That does make sense. You can't say the same thing for Ben Simmons either. Then was what I was saying before. Wait, what are we talking about? No, I was giving the no, I was giving the example that all teams do their homework on other players and what their weaknesses are especially if they're a star player so what i'm saying right. is if you're going against a, a star uh, like uh, a star player you want them to beat you doing something that they don't prefer to be that's, doing that, that's not their strength no yeah. i can't say this about one thing that drives me crazy about lebron james is when he shoots too many threes because i'm looking like bro he's six eight two sixty Go your big butt and attack the rim. They old. can't stop you. They can't He's stop old. you. I know we old, but you got to know when to attack. And I've seen LeBron some games, he attack. He just, like, bro, they can't stop him, man. They can't stop him. He'll shoot, like, five threes from deep. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, All right. I know. But I'm a Lakers fan, so of course I'm going to say that. Oh, yeah, wait. Um, you heard. You heard. Hold, hold on, wait. I, wait, I actually do want to go back to a point that uh, Chris J made uh, earlier. Go ahead, make, make, it quick, make it quick. Make it quick. Concerning Brooke Lopez. Now, I, you know, obviously, Brooke Lopez is, uh, like, he's an important piece for the Bucks. But, let, like, let's not act like Brooke Lopez is, like, some real, like, let's not act like he was what he was, if that makes sense. Like, he's, like, he's. He's just a role player. Like he, like he's not. Yeah. But you know, like he is important. He's but size, he's size. No, yeah, size. But I mean, he's not really grabbing rebounds like that. I mean, like he just spots up in the in the uh, corner. I mean, like let's just call it what it is. Brook Lopez isn't the player of old. You know, he used to be more effective on, on the glass. He used to be, you know, better. 
But you know, now he like his game is kind of just he's just a shooting center. Like he just like you stand in the corner, Giannis is gonna drive. If they crash in, we're gonna kick out, you shoot if you're open. And he only shoots 33%. Well, no, he only well, he played one game this year. He shot 50% from three. That's all you yeah, but last year in 70 games, he shot 34% from three, and he averaged five rebounds and 12 points. So Yes, he's like yes, he's a solid player for like the Bucks, but like let's not make more of but, what he is than what he, like I mean like he doesn't really like as in like he loses most big men matchups, like in terms of rebounding. This is why Giannis is so uh, pivotal uh, for them because Brook Lopez isn't really grabbing boards. He's not really that good defensively as uh, like as well. He just he's just shooter, he's a shooting big man, but nothing too crazy enough, that I'd be really be worried about. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's move on because I know we've been on this Kyrie slash James Harden slash MB slash Ben Simmons slash <laughs> whatever you want to call it this whole time. But, you know, you guys mentioned that. I need my boy Chris J mentioned that Kyrie has one foot in, one foot out. Now, can the same thing be said about Zion Williamson and his impact on the team away from basketball right now? Because, you know, it's reported by Malika Andrews that he finally reached out to CJ McCollum after the trade after the guard re- revealed to him on TNT in an interview that he has not spoken to Zion yet, can the same thing be said about Zion Williamson and his leadership on the team? Because he is, despite him being young, despite him being, you know, in his what, third year now, he still is one of the faces or the face of the Pelicans right now. Fat boy Williamson. Can you stop saying that, please? Oh, my God. Fat boy Why Williamson. Go ahead, That's, Will. Cajun, what, what, what that's Cajun Crawfish Williamson right okay. there, okay? That man is more inv- like, yo, look. I told you from 2019. No, don't go into this. Please, please. Chris. Go to this this question. Oh, my God. Chris. I'm talking to my man, Chris. I'm talking to my man, Chris. Shut up. Chris, real quick. I met Edwin back in 2019, right, Uh, in college, right? And And we had a big debate on Zion and John Morant. And I said, I don't think Zion Williamson is that good. He's just a highlight tape uh, athletic freak. That's what I thought. Now, you can say the same thing for about, himself. Now, you can say the same thing about John His Morant. He's a, because he's a... Okay, you can say the same thing about John Morant because he's an athletic highlight freak as well. But I said, if I was the Pelicans, I'm taking John Morant. And I was called crazy. Now... We're in a situation three years later where you got Fat Boy Williamson, right? The guy looks like he's been sitting down all day playing COD instead of working out, hitting the hitting the gym, right? This guy is not the answer for the Pelicans. He can't stay healthy. And I remember I told Edwin is that he's too damn big. Three years ago, I said he was too damn fat. You cannot be 6'6". This was three years ago, Chris. Three years ago, he was 6'6", 280 pounds. You cannot be... 6'6", 280 pounds, and expect to be durable. I told you he was going to be an injury case. You're too damn big. And he's, and like the way that, and, and the way that, and the way that he plays does not help him at all. Cause you have all that weight landing on your ankles, on your joints. Cause he's a highlight player. He's like, he's like, he's physical. He's like, he's, uh, he's going to dunk. He like, he takes much more punishment than other players do because of his style of play. I saw this coming a mile away. He doesn't have to be. The only thing that I will give him is that he does not have to be a a leader. Just just because you're drafted high, the number one pick, not every player is going to be a vocal leader, is going to be like a team guy. Some people are just loners, like a Kawhi Leonard. You want to just do your job, 
go home. You don't want to hang out. You don't want to talk to everybody. You here to just play basketball. Maybe that's the kind of player that he is. Because to me, there's no other reason to why you don't reach out to CJ uh, McCullum. It's not no eighth player. This is a big part of your team going forward. So to me, he just comes off as a guy that just wants to play ball and leave. But unfortunately, his body is not going to allow him to do that unless there's serious changes in his lifestyle or in his diet, whatever the hell that they have to do. Now, I also do blame the New Orleans Pelicans because, again, Zion, he goes to the NBA at 19, 20 years old. You're the number one pick. You're told that you're going to be the next Braun. You're great. You know, like millions of views. You know, like basically he's been told that he's going to be the next great thing, right? That takes like that to get to somebody's head. So maybe he's thinking, yo, I don't have to put in extra work. I can do what I want. I can eat what I want because I'm Zion Williamson. This is where I blame the Pelicans because this is your draft pick, right? You like, this is your future right here. You have to get that in check. You have to be on him about his diet, whether you're, you have to pay for him to have a chef, whatever you should be doing everything in your power to make sure that he is in top physical uh, fitness. But the blame also has to be placed on Zion because as a grown man, you shouldn't have to be told what you need to do off the court to stay in basketball shape. So to me, the like the blame for his for this situation is everywhere, but I'm gonna have to put it on Zion's shoulders the most. But they can take it because they're pretty big already. So I think he'll be fine. Okay, well said. Actually, well said, Chris. What are you saying? Is Zion Wilson a leader to you? Is he is he a guy that you think more of a case of? Well, he's going through a tough time with the injury. Now he's having to get a second second uh, surgery possibly. Um, and you know, maybe that must mess with his mental, maybe, which is the reason why he didn't reach out to CJ McCullum. Or what do you think? Do you think that he's just not a guy who's built to lead this team? Me personally, I just feel like Zion probably doesn't want to be in New Orleans, me personally, because um, first off, when, when I was in college, I sprained my ankle. And so when you sprain your ankle, you can't really walk on it, like you gotta sit down a lot. And so he hurt his foot. And he can't really work out because it's his foot. And so he had to sit down and keep it elevated. And so when you sit down, you eat a lot. You eat, you sit down, you're not working it off and not running it off. Weight gains on you. And so that's the one thing right there is his foot injury. So the guy can't really work out how he wants to because it's his foot. And the other thing, too, with Zion, I've never really got off of him just as being a great leader. Really, he just a great athletic specimen i really never when he was that dude i didn't really see him just being a great leader hold players accountable he just a, a freak athletically great talent to watch he's fun to watch and like coming to the league like now in this conversation zion had so much hype in college i'm like this dude is this different he's so athletic so i feel mm. like most franchises like in that situation they would have drafted Zion first because the the kid had all the hype. He played at Duke, all the all the sponsors, all the deal, all that in the third had all the base of the hype. Dude was known, well known, and he just had so much attention on him. But John Morant was someone that's under the radar. You know, he was overlooked. He was an underdog, and so so I think most franchises they would have picked Zion first. Because of his glamour. And now you're going three years later. Kind of reminds me of the 07 draft. With Greg Oda versus Kevin Durant. 
I mm. feel like that's going to be something similar now because when you see about Greg Oden, number one pick over KD, dominate college, but he got hurt a lot. Injuries robbed his career. And so I see it Zion, he like the same kind of power. Injuries right now could rob his career. Then with John Morant, the kid that was not very big, but he was an underdog. And now with Job, you're looking like, dang, bro. Like, seeing how Josh is turning out, made his first All-Star game. He's the candidate for MVP. John Morant, he's the real deal Holyfield. And now you're saying Zion. Like, bro, I seen Zion, some picture I seen, and seen him on the sideline. He looks so fat, bro. He's like, girl, like, what is he doing? It's like, dude, face just fat. He got baby fat all over him. It's That's like, that Popeyes is, and gumbo. It's like, what is he doing? And then it got me thinking he can't really work out how he wants to because it's his feet, that his knees. And so he just sitting down all that weight. And then to be honest, he's undersized. And so with Zion, say if Zion did lose 25 or 30 pounds, he'll be 240 240-ish, 255-ish. I feel like with Zion's height, he needs that weight. Like to be dominant. I feel like if, exactly. if he didn't have that weight, Zion wouldn't be the same player as far as being that athletic freak. So the weight kind of weighs an advantage for him. And say if he lost all that weight, I don't think he'll be that good of a player no more because Zion not a great shooter. And to be honest, he's a great, great leaper, but he's not a great rebounder. I mean, last year he averaged 27 and like, and like seven rebounds. He's not a great rebounder. And so his game is just it's built so much on him being athletic. And Yo. that that size helps him so much. And so I feel like that size, if he loses it, could be something that could play while he's not very fed on no more. Yeah. Um, Chris, so actually I actually just looked it up because I remember three years ago he was 280 pounds going into the draft. He basically weighed as much as like Aaron Donald, right? Now yeah. I just looked it up. This guy is 6'6", six, six, Chris. Guess how much he he weighs now? Like his now? last updated weight. Guess. Uh, Just guess. 300? 317 pounds. Zion Williamson weighs almost as much as an offensive tackle in the NFL. Now, now look, maybe most of that is muscle, is muscle because muscle does weigh more than fat. And let's be real. Zion, when he looks in shape, the guy looks like, like you know, like the rock, basically. He's really buff. But where I do want to come to Zion's defense, um, actually, well, not even his uh, de- his uh, defense, but what I do want to say is I actually don't think, let's say Zion was to lose 100 pounds right now, right? I don't think that that would really affect Zion too much because you see a lot of these kind of guys who are about 6'6 that are like high flyers and stuff. Like, let's look at Ja uh, Morant. Like, again, even though I always thought that Ja would be the better player, Ja Morant's not let's say, like, the most effective shooter either. I mean, and similar to Zion, you know, like John Morant jumping out the gym, and, you know, he's like a highlight tape uh, kind of uh, monster. But, you know, I and Zion's not that bad from three. I mean, like, he's not – obviously, obviously, he's below average, right? Like, he's, yeah. you know, but, but he has shown the willingness to shoot threes, kind of like a Giannis. Giannis is a, not a good three-point shooter. But what I like about Giannis is he's not scared to keep taking them, which means that he wants to get better at that because he knows that he's not that good. So I kind of do want to come to Zion's defense a little bit, where in terms of I've seen the willingness for him to 
you know, improve from outside because he keeps taking the shots. And, you know, I do think that if he, that, you know, if he was to slim down, forget his playing style. Let's just think, let, let's just think about Zion, the person you should like, you should lose this weight for yourself, not just for basketball, like for yourself, bro. Like you have to be healthy and the way that he wants to play, he has to lose that weight because if not, he's going to always have these injuries. Like you can't keep having all that weight for like, well, let's say he's playing. Well, last year, he, well, okay. In 2020, Zion averaged 33 minutes, a lot of minutes. For thirty for uh for thirty three minutes, you can't just keep jumping on two hundred and eighty pounds and then landing on your ankles, your shins, and stuff. It's gonna it's gonna mess you up. He has to lose that weight and then worry about basketball. Second, has to lose you. It's unacceptable to be six six three hundred and seventeen pounds. He also has to switch positions. In my uh, um opinion, if he was to lose the weight, the only thing that keeps Zion as like a power forward or a small forward is the weight. Because he's as big as the centers, he's just not as tall as them. To me, Zion, he's the same height as a shooting guard, but the weight of an NFL lineman. So he has to lose the weight, and then he has to worry about, um, you know, uh, basketball second. Like that's in that order. Because from a life standpoint, it's not, it's not healthy, bro. Like, and it's actually ridiculous. And I know that I call him Fat Boy uh, Williamson. I'm just poking fun, but you have to actually be concerned for him. It's not like it's like who are the people that's around him doing yeah, an absolutely terrible job. Terrible job. Like Zion Williamson is the bag. He's the bag. Okay. You have to protect the bag at all times. And they're not doing that. It seems it seems like they're just cooking if, up gumbo and Popeyes. If I was Zion Williamson, I would reach out to this one player because when he came into the league, he was he was chubby, fat. About he baby. lost that weight. I feel like he should reach out to Charles Barkley. Oh, Charles like Barkley. Okay. A, a older head. Because Charles Barkley. Yeah. It came in the league about 284, 285, too. But Charles Barkley, he's like 6'5, 6'6, too. Charles Barkley, like 6'4, 6'5. Barkley just played big. But Barkley lost that weight. So I feel like he needs to talk to an older guy, older head. Because Moses yeah. Malone told Charles Barkley this hey, bro, gotta lose that weight. You fat. Yeah, you gotta lose Very that true. weight. Good and point. I feel like someone has to be real with him, like be a real friend, hey, bro. You fat, bro. Like straight up. Like you gotta lose that weight. Like, dude, get me on the phone boy. with bro. Like you get gotta be like lose that weight, right. bro. Like you gotta no. just tell him because like you gotta just tell him. But I Wait, do feel like, like he gotta reach out to some to Charles Barkley, someone who was at his height and had his size coming in. But Charles Barkley lost a lot of weight and he had turned to being fit, and so he can be because with his game. He kind of reminds me of a Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley was very athletic coming to the draft. Very athletic. Charles Barkley is slimmed down, but he's Barkley was undersized, but he played really big. Barkley. Yeah, uh, Chris, uh, just really quickly, do you think so? Like, obviously, like what you said was really good, um, solid advice. You know, as in to reach out to a guy like Charles Barkley, you know, who kind of maybe dealt with some of the same issues, and then he ended up becoming a Hall of Famer. Mm. But if this guy didn't reach out. To CJ McCullum, his teammate. Yeah, yeah. You, you right, think he's right. gonna reach out to Charles Barkley, who be on TNT roasting players nightly? <laughs> and no, man, no way in I hell. I feel that, man. I feel that. But this is the problem with with this generation. People yeah. too sensitive. They too yeah. sensitive, man. Like yeah. Charles Barkley, he's an entertainer. He, he get paid for that. He get paid for cracking jokes on players. That's his job now. And sometimes you gotta swallow your pride and like, hey, bro, like this man, like, well, well, from 
man child to man, you gotta just reach out and just hey, but hey, Mr. Charles, you know, I just need some advice. Like, how would you go yeah, about man. it if you was my my age and being me, my size? Like, what should I do? And he was yeah. like, because to be honest, he needs straight cardio. He need to run. He need to lose some weight. Like, he need to lose some weight. Like, he need to eat eat nothing but healthy foods. Don't just yeah. run, do cardio, because he's already big. Like, he's only 21 years old, and he's like a man child. He's huge. Yeah. He is huge. Yeah. He is he, and, he is a grown man, a man child. What he is. Hey, look, man. Look, Zion. Look, Zion. You're not going to hear this. But if by some, some chance you do, if you really need some motivation to lose that weight, give me a call. I will get oh, you motivated, gosh. bro. I, I will get you motivated, bro, because it's unacceptable. Bro. It's just not acceptable, bro. And I'm not going to hold you. Somebody need to beat that man. You know how, like, when you just misbehave, you, you just need to, to be beat. Somebody mm. got to beat that man because he's just messing with the bag. He's mess He's in a privileged position, and you're fumbling it. Most of these athletes, we see them make all these millions and stuff, but a lot of these guys go broke. Telling you, you want to keep playing as long as you can to keep getting as much money as you can. And Zion, the way that's looking for you, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think that the Pelicans should be looking to move on from Zion. But the problem is, I would not want my. I, I don't. I wouldn't want Zion on on my team. Like I'm not gonna like, and I don't even know how much. Like, and I say, even if Zion does want out of the Pelicans, what the hell can you expect back for Zion? Like, what do you like? What exactly would you be looking for? And who'd be willing to mortgage their whole future and now take that prop that thing on? Like, let's be real. So he's not really going anywhere. To, wait, sorry. Do you have to really mortgage your future for Zion at this point? I, I think the, Pelicans, the not... Pelicans are going to want some ridiculous asking price. Of course. Of yeah, course. but uh, you know his, his his asking price is dropping down and down. Like he got to cut your losses in. And so is Deshaun Watson's. But I ain't gonna lie, man. Deshaun Watson's I... a little bit different though. He has no. sexual allegations against him. So no. I don't he's just big. No, no, yes, no. but it's still to the point that you made that his value is dropping. And I'm saying same thing like uh, Watson. His value is dropping. But the Texans still want uh arm and a leg for him. But so that same value thing with for the Texans when he is cleared or if he is. But he that's – but yeah, but yeah. But that's it. But that's kind of like the same thing like with Zion. It's just like he was a player that they thought would be here for the next decade to lead them towards the future. It's only been three years. Yes. They're probably not gonna just give him up for just anything. Like they're probably gonna want more than what teams are gonna want to give up for him. So to me, he's not worth anything right now. Like, lie, man, I heard something. I heard I heard Zion wants to be in the Mecca, be a Nick. So he might be going with y'all at New York, man. He might be in New York. You never know. Nah, I can't see that. But I mean, like I was seeing that. I was seeing that uh, report when um, they got Cam Reddish, and now it and now it turns out that. That Tom Thibodeau didn't even want Cam Reddish. I highly doubt that Tom Thibodeau wants Zion because what does Tom Thibodeau want these days? Will to be honest, like yo, no, yo, <laughs> no, wait, no, wait, that's a good point. But one thing that we got to get straight: Tom Thibodeau, how like how he likes to play, that would kill Zion being, being as damn fat as he is. Zion would not last twenty. No, Zion wouldn't last ten minutes in that New York Knicks system at this current time right now. Like, there's no way in hell. New York would, should be the last place while Tom Thibodeau is there. They may fire Thibodeau, to be honest. I heard they, they're not too fond of him. And then with his coaching system, his style, just most players don't really gravitate to him anymore because he has a very uh, old-school style, and he's not really appealing to the players, man. These days with players are 
But guys our age, they want a player they can relate to. And I don't think they can relate to him like that. And so I feel like this probably is last year in New York. That's I mean, fair. I mean, no, honest. no, that's actually fair. But, but what I would say is that if Zion was to go to the Knicks right now, he, he'd lose that weight real fast, all that damn running. Because Tom Thibodeau don't got play. to, man. Like, you Tom know, that's what he needs. needs. Run, run, run. Run for us, run. Literally, run your butt. Run miles a day. You got to burn some of those calories, man, because burn those calories and stop eating them freaking crawfish and they're in New Orleans. What are we eating up yeah, those? <laughs> you guys are cracking too much jokes. So like, oh, yo, look, yo, look, bro. Point is, point is, the Pelicans, they should have listened to me back in 2019 and drafted Ja. Then we wouldn't be having this conversation for them. Can you really but, blame the Pelicans? I mean, I guess yes, I, I can, can for the reasons uh, that I gave you. Yo, every, I know, bro. I know, I know, I know, which we won't go into because yeah. I we're running out of time. But no, well, yeah. no, of course, I no, of course, like we don't have to get into it. But bro, everything that I said back then literally has come true. Like, it's kind of like you can just see these things in the court, though. Like, and my thing is, I don't court. get paid, I, I don't get paid to know these things, I don't get paid to make the big uh decisions that the gms do and if i was seeing that as an issue back then how could people that get paid hundreds of thousands millions could not see that this could like that this could possibly be an issue like how could you not see that like you're, i'm telling you they was watching too much hoop mixtape and youtube videos that's what they was doing <laughs> but but on the court though you can't deny the type of impact he had though he was oh, very yeah, dominant yes, he very was. dominant so, so it's, not like, it's not like it's not like they 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 got him and he was a, he was trash at basketball. He was he was like one of the leading scorers at that time during his time on the court. So that he can't stay healthy right now and he's too big. But once again, I get your point. We so have about will, will, go ahead, go ahead, make the make the last point, Chris, before we move what on. What will if you was you will obviously oh you tell Zion, like say a Zion called you, hey bro, like oh you tell Zion then like far as losing weight. Like in two sentences, Will. In two sentences, yeah. That's it? That's the gym, bro. Yo, look, he needs no motivation, bro. Look, Zion has the luxury of focusing on basketball. That's all Zion has to focus on is basketball. He gets paid millions to focus on basketball and to be in top shape. Mm. He needs no other motivation. To me, if you being in the NBA and being the face of any franchise, regardless of the Pelicans or not, if that's not motivation enough... Then I don't know anybody can really motivate you, bro. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm. Like it's just like, it's like, bro, like a like Chris. Imagine like you and Edwin, or you Edwin too, right? Imagine okay. y'all in the uh, NBA. Would anybody have to question your like your like your work ethic? What? Oh, no. I would live I'll in the be, facility. I would live in the gym because you kidding me? First off, with me working my whole life get to the NBA, and then. I'm getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball, yeah. meaning they they expect me to be in shape, yeah, eat right, and work on my craft every day with basketball. Like so, they just they just have to tell me to eat right. Exactly. Like, eat what right other? That's my job. Exactly. Like what other motivation do you like? If that can't motivate you, bro, I'm not gonna lie. There's really not much anybody can like. If that if if the situation that he's in can't motivate mm. him. There's nothing else that anybody else can really say to him to motivate him. Honestly. That is very true, to be honest. I mean, like, your performance is your paycheck. Let's be honest here. You know what I'm saying? You don't play good, you don't get the big bucks. That's pretty much what it is. If you play like LeBron James, you're going to be wealthy for your whole life until you die. That's pretty much Millionaire. Yo, bro, LeBron pays a million dollars, I think they said, a year on, up to his, on his body. 
to make sure that Harry's he has like very perfect smart. Def. Like very, you know, very, very like, smart. What? Like now, that obviously, not any. Like you know, now obviously, not all players are of the level of a LeBron to be able to afford that. Because even though for you know, like for young players, a million's a lot. Let's be real; they didn't really earn that big contract yet, so you can't yeah. really do that. Yeah. But there's, but I'm pretty sure that there's even cheaper options to to just keep your body in tip top shape. C- come on, man. No excuses, I agree. bro. None. I agree. I feel like what whatever LeBron's doing is always been working. That I feel like with certain players in the league, how about y'all swallow y'all pride and reach out? Hey, bro, what you doing? Like to stay in shape so long and be exactly. so longevity. It's like because. Because it seems like with all the other great players, they get they always get hurt the wrong time. Like, and mm-hmm. then like with Chris Paul, it seemed like every single year he gets hurt at the wrong time. Now he got six to eight weeks. The playoffs start in seven weeks. It's like he gets hurt at the wrong time every single year. Last year, hurt in the first round, hurt his shoulder. 2018, pulled his hamstring. 2016, broke his hand. It's like every single time he gets hurt at the wrong time. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, uh, you know, just kind of like before we move on, like, I I feel like even though I make jokes, I feel bad for Zion because I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, like, like the same way that we're on Twitter, I'm pretty sure that he's on Twitter. You know, like he's not playing basketball right now. He's probably at home a lot. I'm pretty sure he checks social media. I think all players look up their name, if, if I'm being honest with you, because sometimes you look at, like, these players' likes, and they'll like tweets that talk about them, but they're not even mentioned in it to get that notification. So, to me, I think all players look at what is being said about them. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure that this does affect him in some kind of way. But at the same time, like, while I feel bad, I like I really can't feel bad for you, like, in terms of, like, where I could defend you. Because, to me, what you're, like, it's just unacceptable. So yeah, you know, like we can move on from the topic, but he has to get that together for the for the, for I mean for like his health and for the franchise that he plays for. All right, guys, last topic, and since we pretty much had uh, some extensive discussions about the other topics, now we really can't give the explanations on these ones right here. But with no explanation, mm-hmm. no wording whatsoever, from five to one, give me both your top five teams right now. In the NBA, Eastern okay. and Western Conference. Right now, today is February twenty third. Um, yes. I go first. <laughs> My top five team today, like Stephen A. say, the list is fluid. It can oh, change. Gosh. It's fluid, <laughs> so the list can change. This is today. Mm-hmm. One, I got the Phoenix Suns. You know, forty eight and ten, great record mm-hmm. so far. They've been dominant all season. Two so got the Golden State Warriors. You know, they've been they've been balling this year. They've been getting they just been kicking butt all season with Steph Curry, Wiggins, Draymond, Clay's back playing good. Three, I have the Milwaukee Bucks because they're in the East. They're defending champs right now. And if right now Brooklyn hasn't played their full team yet, and the Sixers haven't either. Um, four, I have the Miami Heat right now. So Edwin right now, the Miami Heat right now, they've been clicking, playing good. And five, man, I got the Memphis Grizzlies right now. They've been balling with John Morant and that young crew around him. Some young dogs that's trying to make a move right now. So I think my, I think right now my top five is pretty okay right now for the time being. All right, well, what you saying? Okay, I'm starting off from five. Give me the Brooklyn Nets. I don't care that we're eighth in the East. 
because I'm still looking at the overall roster that we have, and we're only eight because, you know, injuries hit us at a bad time. But guess what? I'll take this time versus later on down the season. So for me, the Brooklyn Nets are still a top five team, but obviously I can't put them as high as I want to because of our record. Okay. Right now at four, I'm not going to explain too much for the rest, but at four, hmm, I'm trying to give me the Chicago Bulls. I'll mm-hmm. go with the Bulls at four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say, I'll say Heat at three, and then I, I then I have to think that you got to go Suns and Warriors. Suns first, Warriors second. I mean, to me, like that's how it goes in my opinion. I think um, you know the Eastern Conference this year looks a lot better than the Western Conference, uh, mm-hmm. a lot more exciting in my opinion. But maybe that's because the Suns just been so damn good. So the Western Conference don't look, it doesn't look that exciting, but. Yeah, to me, the Eastern Conference I think uh, has better teams, and I think that the I think that the that the NBA Finals will be won by Eastern team this season. All right, my last uh, not last but not least, uh, I'll go uh, fifth. Give me the Memphis Grizzlies at four. I'll go the Bulls at three. I'll go the Heat, and then I think we can pretty much agree uh, the Warriors second and the Suns first. All right, well there you have it, and a long, extensive show. Of course, we have to do the big things and go into overtime because our guy Chris J came on. Yo, Chris J, what a great time having you on, bro. Man, likewise, man. Just glad to be on the show, man. Um, I love what y'all doing. I love y'all content. I love y'all platform, man. Just glad to be connected to y'all, man. To the Nets and Moats family sports meeting y'all. And just since I've been I've been connected to y'all, y'all always, you know, put out content, you know, we always stay in touch and just appreciate it, man. Just glad for the opportunity, man. And definitely more to come in the future, man. Yes, sir. Indeed. Yes, sir, my Indeed. boy. All right. Chris, where can they find you on the socials, by the way? Find me on IG. I got two, I got two Instagrams. My first one is shut up and listen um, on IG. My other one is too smooth underscore Chris, because I'm very smooth and a little sports. So definitely <laughs> on that. Um yeah, man, on Twitter, CJ the Greatest. Um, I'm always putting out videos, articles, and whatnot. I'm doing one today about my Lakers and, and everything. And I'll be having my my Shove Listen show on Nuts and Moats Network coming very soon. Um, I'm very excited about that. And, um, you know, just grinding, man. And when that show airs, I'm definitely going to have y'all on my show together at the same time, man. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. Now, real quick, hold on, wait. Before we end the show, though, I just want to say Manchester United have scored to bring the score to 1 1. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, I did sir. a lot. Yes, because I placed a bet. I placed two bets on a correct score, right? And yeah. 1 1 was one of the ones that I picked, and the other one was 2 1. Now, the 2 okay. 1 payout was plus 1,000, but the, but, uh, the 1 1 was plus 500. So I'm getting some real good money back. Not if, bad. Yeah. So, yo, I kind of do want somebody to score just one more goal, though. But yeah. I want to bring that up since we were talking about betting earlier. Let's get this money, fellas. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I love yes, it. I love it. But, yo, plan, great show, guys. Yo, shout out to Nuts and Bolts. Uh, you know, you guys can follow us, as always, at GameBreakers.pod. We just, uh, you know, rebranded. Uh, we're still waiting to make our first post. Uh, I'm probably going to do that today, guys. So gamebreakers.pod. And, you know, you go on our Instagram, and we have a link tree there where you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that podcasts are available. And, yeah, you guys already know where you guys can find our socials, you know, at King Jaloff for my guy, Edwin, did a good job of hosting the show today. 
And, you know, you can find me on IG at will.g96 or on TikTok at willtalks.sports. We just hit 15K, fellas. So, yes, look, we're moving on. 20K next. But, yo, shout out to everybody that watched the show. Also, don't forget to give us, you know, a little review wherever you're listening on. They always have where you can kind of rate the show, leave a comment or whatever. Look, you know, but no place is going to give you guys sports arguments just like this. But until until next time, guys, we're out.